0: Hello, that's it. Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Amen. And uh, I think if you, I think if you're Italian, you would be very, very grateful <laughs> for your mom. Your mom gives you your little slippers. Make sure that your coffee comes with 45 bubbles. And <laughs> hey, okay.
1: Some burkis also get to eh? like that. It yeah, gets yeah. to that, eh? Burkis. Yeah. Okay, all right. Mommy's boys, eh? Mommy's boys. That's yeah. it,
0: that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. As far as I know, most of the Afrikaners I know, their moms used to give them a hiding, not their dads. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, eh? Huh? Yeah.
0: So be thankful. <laughs> oh,
1: awesome, man. Yeah. God it's good to God have good. you here, yeah. It's good to have Thank you me. here, brother. Thank you, man. <laughs> So, how many of you guys have been enjoying the series on the cross? You guys been enjoying it? Come on, give God a round of applause. Man, it's been so beautiful. We've really taken a bit of a journey. There's so much more, guys, To We're only just giving you little nuggets of what actually took place in the death, burial, resurrection. Um, But uh, we'll get to a place where during discipleship school, which we're going to kickstart again soon, uh, we're just trusting the Holy Spirit to let us know how He wants to do it. Discipleship school is very different to going to a Bible, Bible school. Um, discipleship school is not about getting a bank of knowledge. It's about getting on-hand training how to work and flow with the Holy Spirit according to the Scriptures. Amen? And uh, it's about becoming an, uh, an apprentice of Jesus. That's what a true disciple is. A true disciple is not like a Pharisee who can quote scriptures all day long, left to right, up, down, upside down. No, a true disciple is somebody who has learned how to love people the way Christ does. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I want to learn to love you more. If it's not your wife on that side, turn the other way, please. <clears throat> but I want to learn to love you more because I want to learn to love like Jesus loves. Amen? That's true discipleship, guys. Nothing else. Becoming completely sacrificed through his sacrifice. Amen? Where we just let go and allow him to work through our hearts. That's what discipleship is all about. So when we get there, we'll actually, we'll actually go fully into the cross. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. So, as you guys know, we went from before the cross, amen. How many of you guys can remember Ephesians 1 verse 4? It spoke about how Christ was uh, crucified before the foundations of the earth, amen. And then we went into what happened on the cross, and Bash covered that on Easter Friday when we were speaking about having to see the, see the punishment so that you could let go of the punishment, amen, and how it dealt with both wronging someone and being wronged. Turn to the person next to you, say, Jesus is, God's justice. Jesus is God's justice. Amen. It's all finished at the cross. It covered everything. It was beautiful. Then we went into what Christ actually did. I don't know. Um, I know Tussle was away a little bit. You uh, was supposed to go to Durban, but uh, Durban washed away (laughs) but uh, so I don't know where did you get to go somewhere no 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 just chilled okay so um then we went into the grave what actually happened in the grave we went and looked at how the son of Jonah models the actual work of Christ through faith in the grave now wasn't that powerful is not that beautiful Amen? Always keeping in mind that Christ only had what to work with. He had the word of God, the character of God, the names of God. Amen? So we have the same, but beautifully, we have the cross to add to that. So we have the character of God, we have the names of God, we have the word of God, and we have the cross. Jesus did it all for us. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, come on, man, I'm so excited for this word. I'm going to sit up straight. I'm going to open up my heart, and I'm getting ready to be taught. Amen. God is so good. Today, we're going to jump into the resurrection life. Amen. I just got one or two little notes here that I've I've taken down, but I wanted Tasso to jump in on this because... Um, you know, Tassel knows the Hebrew, he knows the Greek, he knows the Afrikaans, he knows um, the, I don't know, the Arabic, what else do you know about Coffee. <laughs> coffee, he knows the coffee as well. That's good. So we're going to jump in there and I was thinking it would be a nice place to start off, Tassel, with um, what is the resurrection life? Because a lot of people think... Uh, basically it's the same as when Christ just resurrected Lazarus from the dead. And it is so much more than bringing a dead body back to life. Amen? It's so much more than that. And we want to just break that down for you today because the resurrection life is what's available to us now. We don't want to miss out on 1% of what is available there. Amen? So let's kick it off. You want to break it
0: down for us? Yeah, I think uh, one of the... Uh, most important uh oh, i have to cut this most important thing i always have the most important <laughs> okay one of the the major give me another word come on help me out eh?
1: you, use some of Bash's fundamental critical yeah uh, that's it that's good.
0: it come on bash <laughs> pivotal oh and um is we must know that that resurrection life can only be experienced in him Now, I don't know if you guys know that there are a couple of terms used in the Word of God that's called um, uh, the only begotten and the firstborn. I don't know if you've ever heard uh, of those terms. And uh, Jesus was the, excuse me, the only begotten from the Father in a, and of itself, that he came through the virgin birth. So he was the only begotten that way. And then when Jesus became my sin, he became my, um, he became who I was, he became that evil nature that I was, that was always producing, because of, <clears throat> excuse me, selfishness, which it was producing um, chaos in my life and destruction in others he was the first born from my type of death the first one to be born and that that's why he's the first one uh, into resurrection life he's he's the one that that inherited and obtained the life of god Based on his personal faith that he had, and he did it on your behalf so that he can get the names of God. And remember, the names of God represent the fullness of whatever that name is. It might be peace. It might be um. You know, healing, it might be the life, the unconditional love of God, righteousness, all of those things. So when he inherited, he inherited it in its fullness. In other words, when he was raised from the dead, what he got, he can't get more of because he got all that God is. So when, remember, when now we go into him to experience this this life, we should be experiencing the life that is more than enough of whatever that is, whatever that name represents to you. So resurrection life produces not just any peace, resurrection peace. Resurrection life doesn't produce any abundance and any prosperity. No, no, no resurrection abundance and prosperity big difference it means when you enter into it you should be sure full of it and externally you might have absolutely nothing but that's how you feel on the inside because you've now experienced resurrection abundance in your heart because you've entered into him and he says the eyes of your understanding you read it last week became what your heart enlightened because suddenly you've entered and experienced who he is in this resurrection so if he's the firstborn the minute each one decides and enters into it, into him becomes the second and the third born and the fourth born and the million born, and here you are. Here I am. Now, every time you experience his life, and that's where we get the word dynamo. I'm sure you've heard of it. And dynamo is, it's, 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 it's when you give a, they say, a charge of itself without losing every time it gives without losing its in- inherent power so every time it gives it doesn't lose it when when adam and eve well when when god put adam into sleep and he went and what actually happened is he cloned Eve out of, out of Adam. And when he cloned, in a sense, through DNA, he cloned and, and created Eve, whatever was taken out of Adam, when he woke up, he didn't feel empty. Why? Because that dynamo effect was taking place. Every time we give birth to a human, do we lose part of our life? Of course we don't. It's the same thing. That resurrection life that is found in Jesus, being the firstborn of it, every time you enter into it, no matter what you take, you can never diminish its power. Never. Never. Because there's more where that came from the true source. yeah the true source that is so beautiful guys so
1: beautiful when we speak of of death it's you know anything in the continuum of death it's like we could turn off some of the power in this in this room and have you know a little a little less lighting and we'll have more darkness but when it comes to that resurrection power that resurrection life it is a life that swallows up all darkness yeah It literally swallows up death, Mm. amen, and all of its aspects. So when we partake of that resurrection life, there is no darkness or death in it. It's life in its purest, Mm -hmm. most beautiful form. Isn't that awesome, guys? It is so beautiful. So many people think of it as just, you know, um, raising a dead body. It's so much more than that. Amen? We've got to partake of that. We've got to seek that in our lives. We should never settle for anything less than that fullness that Tasso is mentioning.
0: No, absolutely.
1: Amen? It's crazy to think that Adam, when you think about a, a, a dead man, uh, um, he was so dead. And before Christ, we were so dead. We were so fallen, so broken, so dead that it was a state that we could never get ourselves out of. Mm. Amen? It was impossible to get ourselves out of it. And that's where Christ comes in, and he swallows up that state of Adam, that place of sin, into himself, becomes it for us, and is now the firstborn yeah. of the dead. Yeah. The it first, is. Beautiful. It's the firstborn. The firstborn. Are we experiencing that resurrection life in us? You know, I think it's in Romans 5.17, it speaks about how death once reigned, okay, in us under Adam. But how much more now those who receive the gift of grace and of righteousness will reign in life. So when it speaks about that, it's talking about the resurrected life that can never fade. It can never weaken. doesn't matter what your sin is doesn't matter how far you've turned from God. Just turn around. Yeah. The life is still there. It's never changed. It's still brimming. It's still got that full charge. It's waiting to lift you into wherever you need to be. Amen? It never weakens. It never fades. It never breaks. It's never unavailable. Amen? Yeah. No matter where we have taken ourselves, And this is what's so confusing for a lot of religious works-based people. Not gifts-based people, works-and-performance-based. Because they, for some reason or another, they've been taught that every time they fail, every time they they, uh, are weak, they somehow diminish that life.
0: They
1: feel feel that they've somehow brought death into that life. You can't. The Scripture says clearly in Corinthians... It says death where is your sting death where is your sting every single part of you has been conquered Mm -hmm. swallowed up by the life in jesus christ
0: i think he needs a round of applause for that come on and it's important to to start thinking about it in a way that you're going to say to yourself in what are the steps what's the process what am i going to do about it to enter into it to possess that because i've got it i mean christ lives in me but what are my steps how can i enter into that place where i can experience this fullness and why i think we, we should keep asking that question because we're creating an urgency inside our, inside our hearts. And the urgency is keep asking yourself, Lord, there is this quality of life that, that you have given me, and I want to experience this quality of life, where you say there is just fullness but I, I want to be full. That I do not want to be hungry about anything else. I want to enter into that zone where I experience you more. That quality of your life, like we just, uh, did he just mention, raining, raining. I mean that's a word. You raining because you're not motivated by any lack. So resurrection life has to do about experiencing fullness. And in each area of my life, I need to to say to myself, I need to enter that state. If you enter into your heart and you see just a sweet little Jesus, which is good, But you should see a Jesus full of life and light and beaming. So that when you enter into him, you begin to allow that fullness to permeate you. As you keep focusing on on that fullness, it just permeates you. And all you do is you guide it and you navigate it into all your parts of your body. You navigate it into your relationships you're so full of it, your cups runs over that, that's what you know David was talking about. We sing about his presence. well we need to enter into it. each one of us must take the steps to feel that fullness. Don't worry, the Holy Spirit's going to help you. Just make the decision. He's there to assist for you to take the steps to experience the fullness. And then when you experience the fullness, you, the Holy Spirit is there to be able to help you to take it to the outside world. Man, that's beautiful. Hey? That's what God wants us to be. This is what God wants us to experience. This is resurrection life. You know, that that he's talking about. And you know, Paul, I mean, in Philippians, he says, listen, all this stuff that the world is throwing at you. He says, I count it as nothing. Because the only thing that's left for me, I want to keep going. So that I can embrace this resurrection life that has been given to me. This is so important. He says to me, I haven't arrived, but I'm keep going. I want to get into that zone where I experience that. So, but every day, what do I do? I keep forgetting, forgetting what my pleasures, forgetting those emotional burdens, forgetting anything at that moment that I'm experiencing. I need to forget it so that I can embrace him and the power of his resurrection life. That's what he says. This is what Paul was saying. So every day, this is what we should be doing. Letting go, disengaging, in other words, and embracing who Jesus is. Possess your possessions, I think it was called. That's it. Uh, Man. Man.
1: It's so beautiful. <laughs> I just want to sit and listen. <laughs> I don't want to speak. Mm-hmm. But it's so beautiful of, of learning how to appropriate this resurrection life, you know? Mm. So turn to the person next to you and say, look them deep in the eyes and say, Jesus never came to make bad people good people. He came to make dead people alive. Yeah. Amen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And this is why we've got to understand, and, and that permeates into all the different disciplines of our lives. That's why he says things like, how can light fellowship with darkness? How can a dead fellowship with the living? What is the living that is experiencing this life doing running around with the dead? Amen? We've got to make that decision and say, you know what, in our relationships, this is what we want. Whether we're going to work or how we're going to uh, feed our family or whatever, we're going to get the resurrection life place in God. Amen? Are you with me? We've got we've to search out, seek out that life in every aspect. We were just saying to my wife this morning that you know, people make decisions and they settle for things. We were speaking about a couple that we know very well. And they, they're in their 70s now. And uh, the husband likes to just, he's always doing things, okay? He's in the garage or he's fishing or he's hes running around doing things and, and the wife just gets dragged along with all the hobbies. And she now has resorted to, I don't know, reading magazines, trying to keep herself sane because she's not part of it. So what's happened is good people, great people, but they haven't chosen the resurrection life for their connection. They've just settled into themselves and said, okay, this is good enough. They can have so much more than that. Amen? You've got to make the decision for that. And that's just in relationships. Same thing goes in our health. Same thing goes for our wealth. Same thing goes for everything. Same thing goes for studying the Word. Same thing goes for the connection you want to have with Christ. You want to have it all. You have been made a love to be connected to life. Yeah. He didn't raise you from the dead and make you alive so that you can still go look for pleasures in death. Yeah. Come on. Amen. You know, whenever we're looking back at the world, we're just like uh, um, Lot's wife. We're looking back at there's something that it still has for us. No, it's a dead place. You're you're in the living place now. Amen? What can death do with life? What can darkness do with light? It's impossible for them to fellowship, to mix, to have the same vision. That's why Jesus makes statements like this. Who's my family? Yeah. Because we are, do you know that we have the same life brimming in us? I don't care if it's your father, your mother, your uncle, your brother, your cousin. If they're not born again like us, they're not real family. Because we have a different life in us. We've been born into a whole new family. The heavenly father's family. Are you with me? That's why Jesus would make statements like this. Because you can't. You can't be alive and still look after, run after the dead. He said, let the dead bury the dead, brother. Follow me. That's what he said. I know it sounds harsh, eh? (laughs) But that's what he means. We've got to follow life, guys, in everything. Follow life. So... Appropriating this resurrection life. I I just want to throw in a scripture. Let's go to Luke 7 47. And, um, well, you don't have to go there, but that's the reference. And it just mentions how when somebody is forgiven of much, they love much. But if somebody is forgiven of a little, they love a little. Amen? So until we get the perspective. Of what Tassa was just speaking about now of how much we've been saved from delivered from, risen into once we get that perspective, only then can we actually uh, uh, appropriate the fullness of it yeah amen so we've got to we've got to be in that place where that heart is if we for some if in some way or another think That, you know, we were better than other people. And, you know, I didn't come from a long line of drug addicts. I came from a long line of pastors. But I also got saved. But I was only 30% bad. They were 70% bad. I was 30% bad. Do you know what that does to your heart? Mm. That actually stops you from appropriating the fullness of this life.
0: Self-righteousness.
1: Yeah, self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is always going to be the, the, the cord that, um, inter- the, that breaks the righteousness, the eternal righteousness of Christ. Amen? It doesn't make it fade or whatever, but it interrupts us for us. Self. So this is how we appropriate it. Amen? We appropriate it by going to the cross, opening up our hearts and what we do is we, we uh, respond to that finished work. We respond to what kind of work has actually taken place in us. And as we, as we go into that, we realize how much we've been saved from, and it opens our hearts to love much more. Amen? God is good for me. I don't know if you want to pick up Tussle.
0: Yeah, and, and remember, one of the foundations always in Hebrews 6, the first thing that we have to do is repent from dead works, yep. you know, and, and if you don't repent from your de- dead works, you cannot experience the, the, the faith of Jesus, cause, which is the second one, you know, and um, faith towards God. How can I have faith towards God if I'm still holding on to my self-righteousness? You know, it it blinds me and it gives me a a skewed perspective. So I need to let go. And the more I let go, then my heart more opens up to experience. Remember, you cannot, it's a principle, you cannot receive what you don't give away. You can't. Because you're holding on to something. (laughs) You know what I mean? you know and once you decide to let go then that space that was filled with your opinions with your self-righteousness now god can come in and fill it that's why i say you you just cannot give because there's this principle of the seed that says (coughs) excuse me the earth doesn't respond to your need it responds to your seed and that's a very general principle so in other words you can't go to the earth and you say earth i've got a need please give me something no the earth says throw the seed first and you'll get Well, it it works like this in every area of your life. You can't just go through, oh, let me see, I need love. Oh, you got love. Okay, I'm coming to you. Doesn't work that way. And remember, that sense of lack that you don't have is an illusion, by the way. Because you do have. (laughs) It's just that you're living in a lie. Did you hear that? That's for the young people here. Where are they? <laughs> eh? Hey? Those who are seeking love in all the wrong places. <laughs> what was that song, eh? Yeah. I shouldn't ask you because they wouldn't know the song. Eh? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so don't go and always thinking that you're going to find a need in a person to meet it. When you have a need to be met by a person man you're in the wrong premise you're playing what is that this is you you're playing soccer rules in a cricket game it's uh, man that's gone i mean it's just never going to work you need to first connect to this power that we're talking about the resurrection power of god which is pure life now when you go into your heart, I don't care. You create whatever image you want. Make sure that whatever that image is must be full. And it must be overflowing. And you sit and you bask in that presence that we were singing about as long as it takes till you full. When you full, get up. Then you're ready to go out and give of what you already have. And you see, that's the freedom, one of the, the key factors. that. The the freedom of love. That's what Jesus. I can't love you if I keep looking about my own self. Just like Bash was saying. I can't. I've got to get full of Him. So that when I come to you, I don't come with motives or ulterior motives. What can I get from you while I'm giving you this? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm coming. And I can, for the first time, see. For the first time, I can see what the real need is. Not based on my need, but based because I'm full, and therefore I can see. When I can see, God has called us to Always, in anything that we do, he says, to the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. So, whether we are in ministry or whether you are in ministry with your, you know, colleague's spouse, with kids, whatever, that's your only purpose. I get prepared in myself to say, okay, my purpose today is when I see this person, how can I reconcile? What is the word reconcile? Exchange. How can I lead them to exchange their life with the fullness of his life? That's all I'm doing. Any other ministry, you're in the wrong ministry. Whatever gifting you have, that's the ministry we do every day. How can I get you to be able to exchange your current sense of lack or the illusion of your self-righteousness, religiosity, whatever it is, to exchange it with His? What a ministry. Yeah, beautiful. That's it. There isn't much, guys. There isn't much. And suddenly the same uh, purpose, mission that Jesus had, he says to destroy the works of the devil, which he did once and for all, then we go out and people who don't know and they're still bound in the lies of the devil, we do exactly the same thing. That's our mission. That's our purpose in life. How can I exchange your life with his life? Holy Spirit, you guide me. You give me the wisdom right now. I'm opening my heart to you. I'm ready to hear. Not how to meet my need in this situation. No, 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 no. no. I'm ready to hear how to make this exchange in this person's life. How can I connect them? What are the steps that I need to take? I'm opening my heart, Holy Spirit. I'm guided by you. Now you start doing that and see if you need to worry about your healing and if you need to worry about your how where you're getting your money from. You're not gonna have that. You know why? Because as you do that, the sparks inside of people of this type of ministry, the way he's he's designed it, it's gonna ignite. And you're going to suddenly find your, 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 yourself in places where all your needs are met. You don't even have to worry one thing about it. I'm just paraphrasing uh, Matthew 6 actually. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> what Jesus said. God has called you to experience this reality that I'm giving you right now. You Become responsible every morning. You say to yourself, you know, sometimes I get up, it takes me an hour to connect to this. Other times it's just five minutes. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. Sometimes it's just, maybe I slept wrong. I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, I mean, you you get up and you just fighting demons. I don't mean, you understand what I said about demons, okay? Within you. Because they're there and they're gnawing and want to drag you. And you're trying to say, where's the Lord right now? Where is this resurrection power? Somewhere here I was. And you have to sit and realign yourself. And connect. Other times you just get up and you're just there. So that's what we need to do. That's what we need to experience, the power of his resurrection life. I mean, I always remember um, uh, Revelations 1 with Jesus. I mean, when he, well, that's a good picture to go see. When John looked at Jesus, man, that's your picture. Go diagram the sentence there. Create a little uh, emotional character sketch say this is what he looks like resurrected well great this is what i look like in him and pursue that till it becomes part of you
1: you see why it's so important to hear the right word guys i mean if you're still hearing this mixed covenant stuff old and new um what you got to do to, to keep the covenant holy and intact, oh, man, what a joke. You miss out on all of this. You miss out on the beauty of the finished work of Christ. Yeah. All these guys running around claiming they're in this ministry, they're holding this covenant with God. Hey, I feel sorry for you. Yeah, good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good luck. Because if whatever covenant you've made with God, you better keep it. Because eh? yeah. you don't have any strength to keep it but yourself. Amen. There's only one covenant. That's the one God made with his son. Absolutely. And you are the beneficiary of that. Man, it's so cool. It's so beautiful. Yeah, sure. Can you imagine that you have this, this life available to you, but it's there. But somebody's just making you look there.
0: Yeah.
1: Are you with me? It's there, it's available. everything that Tasso just mentioned, the beauty of it, the power of it, the, the, the um, eternal existence of it. But what they're doing is they're just making you look there. And you're disqualifying yourself, and then you're trying to, you're trying to rev yourself up so that you can be back in the place. Jesus put you there. Nothing's going to take you out of there. Amen. Jesus put you there. Wow, man, God is so good. We're talking about the finished work here this morning. Amen? Come on, just do this. Finito. It is done. It is finished.
0: Done
1: and amen? If Jesus was Italian, that's how he would have said it. Yeah. It finito. is finito. It is <laughs> <laughs> And you're from South Africa, this becomes this. Yeah. <laughs> Show you a culture difference, eh? <laughs> Man, God is good. Amen. 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 Come on, let's give him a big shout of praise. Yeah. The last thing anyone ever needs to hear from the pulpit is something that goes alongside with your flesh. Amen? The last thing we need to hear from the pulpit is how bad we are, how fraught we are, how finished we are. No, we need to hear about how finished we are in Jesus. Amen? That's what we need. Praise God, there are uh, some, some really courageous people, like Tussle. I mean, Tussle's been preaching the grace message in, amongst the faith cults that we have out there for the last, what, 30 years. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Praise God for people who stuck to the truth against all adversity. Man, God is good. He's so loved. Should we ask Tussle to end us off with a, with a meditation? Let's do that. A resurrection life meditation. I'm throwing you in the deep end. Are you cool? let it. Can we have some? Uh, yes, we can. Thank you, God.
0: Thank you. Just bow your heads and uh, just be in a relaxed state. You're going to enjoy yourself and just say, I'm setting my intention to go all the way and I'm going to experience the fullness of Jesus in my heart. So as, as you got your eyes closed right now, I want you to imagine that you are in this beautiful place. You're sitting in a park. You're hearing a lot of kids around. They're playing. And that's a sign of things are okay because the kids are playing. And as you're sitting there, suddenly you just see sort of a vision And Jesus is coming towards you. As he comes, he sits down with you, next to you, and there's this sense of deep, 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 deep seated peace. Jesus says, Come, let's go on a trip. I want to show you something. And as you get up you see this, this uh, ball, a big ball you, you can fit in with Jesus. It's transparent. And as you get in, you can feel that nothing can come against you. No emotions, negative emotions, even thoughts, the minute they hit. It simply dissipate so this transparent balloon if you want to call it has got inherent powers and it just lifts up and you go high quite high and you see a path as you look down the path you can see it's your life and as you go back with Jesus inside this balloon it passes your birth and it goes all the way back to 2000 years you look down and you descend and your awareness right now is in the deepest part of the earth When you look down, it is so pitch dark. You see the body of Jesus lying on this cold, flat marble stone. It looks weak, emancipated. It looks so sick. You've never seen anything like that. But yet, when you look inside, you see a very faint lining of yourself. And as you get closer and closer, you see that this lining is almost like vapor, it's got no identity. You put your, your ear next to his mouth and you begin to hear Jesus is quoting scriptures from the Bible. His voice is very faint. He says, To the Never leave me, you never forsake me. for himself his voice begins to get louder and louder and louder he's just convinced in heart and it has become a reality suddenly out of heaven you see this bright light Coming down into the deepest parts of Hades, the realm of all the dead, and you see penetrating like laser inside that body. Suddenly that's the Holy Spirit who's filling him with all the glory of God. He stands upright and now his voice is like a many waters he has been raised up from all death all darkness man you look down and suddenly you see that that light has destroyed whatever vapor of identity of yourself was there. Jesus now is standing in front of you and he says, it's your choice. Will you live in me? Man, your heart jumps from joy. And you say, yes, Jesus, I want to live in you forever. And as you make that step, you enter into him. You merge, you become one. And as you enjoying this power, you're enjoying the light, the life. You're enjoying this unconditional love that came to you. In him, you blast through the air, and as you hit the atmosphere, you see demons have clouded everything. But you just pass them as though they were nothing, and as you reach into heaven with him and at the the same time next to him you see Jesus seeing Satan there and as he looks at him he speaks a word and immediately all of Satan's power and authority is destroyed and then you see him hurling all the way down towards earth and Jesus turns around and says to you, the accuser of the brethren will never accuse you before the Father ever again. You walk up to the heavenly throne and there is the Father. He is so happy and so excited. Just like the Father with a prodigal son. His son has come home. He embraces Jesus and he embraces you because you are in him. And he says to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. And at the same time, he turns around and he says, thank you for accepting this process that are designed before the foundation of the world that you can find your reality and your life in the firstborn. Thank you for trusting in the process. Man, suddenly your awareness is back in this balloon. Jesus looks, you look at him, and you are so satisfied. Suddenly the balloon goes back to the present position. As the door opens, Jesus gets out. And as He sees you walking out, the first thing He says to you, I have done a perfect job for you. You are perfect perfect because you are righteous because of what we are together man you go and you sit back on the on the bench and jesus says this is your eternal now this is the now that you're supposed to live in every sequence of time for the rest of your life live this reality in everything that you do thank you lord just say thank you thank you jesus thank you for this great exchange Thank you that you took my ashes and you gave me your life. Thank you through this process you took me out of the miry clay and you set my feet on you, the rock of my salvation. Just tell him how much you love him. In Jesus' name.
1: Everybody's heart is settled and at peace, connected and ready to enjoy the week ahead in the resurrection power and life of Jesus. Amen? Come on, let's give him a big, big shout of praise. Thank you, Father. God is good.